I think what we don't realize is that when we do I want, I want, we are limiting our outcomes and possibilities when we do that because it is in the surrender and just opening to what is the highest and best, regardless of what we project or think it might be. Welcome to the Ignite Your Sacred Light podcast. I am your host, Sally Page, inviting you to explore the deep inner truth of your heart and soul that reveals your sacred light. Aligning with your inner truth will provide the illumination to reach far beyond your perceived fears and limitations into the higher consciousness where your inner potential emerges. Your personal evolution can lead you to a life of inspiration, love, and joy. Join me on this sacred inner journey of self-discovery. Welcome. This is Sally Page. I'm so happy you're here today. And I'm very excited about the guest I have. She is extraordinary with what she does. She is a meditation and mindset coach, and she's had over 20 years of experience in corporate life as an engineer and computer scientist, which is what a beautiful, amazing transition to bring the best of mindfulness and the best of science and technology together. She has a podcast of her own where she's the host, and it's called Ohm Mindfulness. So check that out. She does a great job and you'll learn so many supportive things. And she also offers workshops and online courses. And stay tuned because today she is going to share with this audience the three secrets of the science of spirituality, which is one of her special gifts. Shilpa Lewis, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so glad you could join us. Sally, it's such an honor to be here. I am such a big believer in the work you're doing, and I just love your message. So thank you for having me. I have to just say that we are both women that are heart women. We really serve with heart, mind, and soul at all levels. And I love what you do as well. So I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today. And I would love it if you could just step in to a little story about the transformation that you had going from your corporate world as an engineer, working with science and engineering and management into a place of mindset and spirituality. Absolutely. Well, my journey was kind of interesting in the fact that I was raised in a culture and in an environment where mindfulness was part of the upbringing and meditation was part of the upbringing. As I grew older, I found myself also recognizing that the culture had a very patriarchal culture in which I often was going against the grain, being raised in America, born in America with immigrant family. However, because of this duality of the culture, I often found myself going against the grain and thinking, well, I have to get a very cerebral, logical, well-paying job to define myself as someone who can exist in society on her own without depending on a man. And that was sort of my conditioning, you know? And 
I, for years, to some degree, resisted the very thing that is embraced by a lot of my Westerner friends, like yourself. Often I would be told by American friends, like, wow, you, you're around all this culture. Do you embrace it? I would feel like, eh, I don't know. Now I appreciate it. But as I grew older and life challenges occurred, I learned to appreciate, especially when I lost my mother unexpectedly, I suddenly had to turn in inwards and the pain was so deep. I recognized the very thing that I had been, I had access to could actually save me. Yeah. So important. And such a, that's a major loss. Any loss of a parent, major life event. And it's so great that you had this background from your family and your heritage of spirituality to guide your way through this time of loss. So how did that practice really help you and change the way that you managed the grief process? I recognized that the essence of who I am was a spirit and a soul. And while I was aware of it most of my life, and probably a lot of the miracles that have occurred in my life were because of that inner knowing. But when I lost my mom, I had to go very deep and know that she is with me and know that her soul and spirit is strong and that I have a guru and my guru is guiding me. He's my guiding light. And not everyone has a guru, but when you do have one, you recognize that that loyalty and that relationship allows you to grow and expand. And I suspect it was a huge support at that time of losing your mother. Absolutely. And I was never completely disconnected from the spirituality. It's just that sometimes what they call an Indian word is called Maya, the delusion. You can get caught up in it and forget the essence of who you really are. There is a golden nugget there. That's so beautiful. Because that is the modern world. We forget the very essence of who we are, the power of our heart, the power of our soul, and that spiritual connection to love that is, love is such a superpower. It's life-giving. It's life force energy. It's healing. It's inspiring. And it's where the most magical and powerful, meaningful moments in life come from. And yet we put up walls around it. So it's so beautiful that you had this, this support to move through the loss of your mom and come out the other side with that spiritual connection and inner knowing. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. And I absolutely agree with what you've described. Yeah, that's why we're so connected with this heart stuff that we do. So you do a lot more than just your podcast. I know that you you teach many things. So what took you from this place of being in the world of high tech, losing your mom, getting a deeper spiritual connection? Your next step was to, what was the next step that took you in the direction of building this mindfulness and spirituality that you teach right now? There is an element of my personality throughout my corporate years and working in the space of technology where I often felt like 
I love to mentor. It was just a natural element of my personality. And I often longed for better mentorship in the different spaces that I worked in, especially as a woman in technology. And especially as a woman in technology who is leaning more on the spiritual side, which often made my personality a little different. So it, there was this drive, this inner desire to do more. And I didn't know what that more was. And there was entrepreneurial creativity inside of me always. That was like a seed that hadn't yet blossomed. And I, I longed to do more. So I always thought I'm underutilized while working in technology. I may have had all these degrees and certifications, but I'm also very creative. How can I do all of these things that are inside of me and help people as a mentor and be creative and live on a spiritual path? Well, around 2018, I had been exploring a variety of different ways to expand my skill sets. And I had aligned with just enough people along the way to feel like I was being shown a path. It was a long, rough ride because I had to believe in myself. And sometimes getting there takes a while. And just before COVID, a friend came to town out of the nowhere. She called. She said, I'm going to show up. I hadn't seen her in almost 15 years. And we had a very meaningful conversation on this beautiful cliff in this meditation garden here in um, San Diego. And the conversation basically led to my realizing that I have so many abundant gifts that have been given to me and recognizing them. And very next month I signed up to become certified as a meditation coach. And the day the training started, it was the day we went into lockdown it was all wow. Oh, that's so profound. It's really profound. What timing? Yes, exactly. And so, while a lot of my friends and people we know were struggling, I found myself in a sacred space of self growth. And at the end of it, I was a certified teacher. Yay! That is such a powerful and beautiful story. And there's so many elements I just want to bring to the attention of the listeners because you dove in to something because you were inspired and guided, not because the logical sequence of things told you to do that. And because you followed this inner drive, this inner urge to discover really your soul purpose, you took steps in trust with that inner guidance, with faith, to act upon that inner guidance. And look what happened. Something magical within you opened up. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I have to say, I get that drive because that drive, you cannot turn it off once it comes into you. It makes you do things that you would never do without that drive. But that's really, I believe it's the inspiration of your spirit, the inspiration of this soul purpose that is literally in your morphogenic field blueprint, in your Akashic records. This is what you were born to do. And yet when it starts to come out, it took someone like your friend to make you realize all the beautiful pieces of you that had developed, that were ready to put together in this bigger picture. This is so powerful. I love the story. Thank you. And what's interesting is that I fast forward, I was 
interviewing someone for my podcast, and the woman is a spiritual teacher. And ironically, about 20 years ago, I hadn't considered getting a master's in spiritual therapy. It was a whole new field that I just started. At the time, the logical me fought against it and thought, why? It's not logical. And 20 years later, I'm interviewing a woman who went through the program, and I realized sometimes what appears as impulsive is really your intuition guiding you. And it'll keep knocking on your door <laughs> until you listen to it. It does. And if you don't, you may miss an opportunity for synchronicities and things that are only available in that moment of time. So it's important to follow that gut instinct, that inner whisper, that feeling of the heart or that inspiration. Even though it feels like a, your inner whisper is saying this in one ear and your logical mind is saying this in another and you have to choose. But you you were able to do that. You were able to find your balance between the two. And it's not turn off the logical brain because I don't think you were, I could do that if we had to, but there's times where it's definitely the highest and best path to listen to that inner whisper of guidance. And it's magical when you do. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have these incredible things that you've developed with your work as a coach, working with people really getting in touch heart to heart and soul to soul with what they need to create a better mindset, to really move themselves forward in the best way. What are some of the aha moments that you've had in that process? Working with other individuals, one of the most significant ahas was that I would find women that are like you and I, very driven and may have had a very successful background. However, all of us need a safe space to be able to grow holistically. And then again, when we talked about what we do and arriving in the space we're in, especially coming from a very corporate field, what often is missing is women have lost their touch to living a holistic life. So often we're driven by some aspects. If you think of your life wheel, some areas are being nourished, but other areas are depleted. And until we have this very holistic view of who we are, a body, mind, spirit, and all facets of us, whether it's our spiritual life or financial, all these different aspects, if you give all your energy into one area and deplete the others, then you may not be a fully nourished human being, so to speak. You know, this is a big issue. And I think part of it is a self-love issue. Women, especially a career woman, there's so many balls they have in the air all the time, trying to manage work, trying to achieve at work, trying to bring the best of who they are to their work. And then the same thing with their family, trying to care for every member of their family, trying to build a good life there. It's like, for women, so often our self-care, our spiritual exploration, our downtime to unwind and just be us, or even building communities of spiritual inspiration and like-minded people can get pushed down on the list of priorities. 
And what you're saying is so important to be our best self, to really reach that whole being spiritual expansion. We do have to take care of all of those. I love that you use the wheel because I talk to my clients. Imagine that this is a piece of pie and you're taking care of, you know, maybe your physical health, you're getting some exercise, maybe meditation would help reduce your stress. You know, there's, there's pieces in every area that if we can embrace that, and yes, the financial is important. I'm not a spiritual person who believes as a spiritual person, we should be destitute and give everything we have away and not honor our own worth and our own value. I think honoring that is essential for a spiritual being, because when you honor that, you start taking care of all these little pieces of the wheel of life. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. Yeah. Any other aha moment you'd like to share that of, you know, from your experience coaching? Well, I also recognize the fact that the stillness element, the element of being able to go within is something that in even Eastern or Western society, I think just the modern era of where we live in this time and space, it's sort of considered a waste of time, <laughs> which ironically, if you understand science and spirituality as a combination, you realize that's just a perception of us recognizing what time really is. And the ability to go within and be still is a sacred opportunity. Absolutely. If you're not taking that time, it's like you have a GPS inside you that is your guidance system and you're trying to get somewhere and you may not even know the path of your soul. Usually we don't. And you're trying to get there, but you're not listening to your GPS. And that's what we do when we're ignoring that inner time of stillness, of quiet. And I know many people pray and they pray their wish list. I want, I want, I want, but they never stop to listen to what is the guidance? What is my next step? What do I need to really focus on to become that level of being able to attract what I truly need into my life? So this is powerful. And one of the things that I've practiced from a young age is, and perhaps this was the spirituality training that I received unconsciously, is that I will recognize what my needs are, but I do not try to list out what I want because I believe that the universe or the higher force will guide and give, bring into my life what I need. And I surrender. And at times when I have surrendered, opportunities have just come my way. Things that I would not have imagined, like better things were laid out for me. Only because I didn't say, well, I want this with this details. I try not to do that. <laughs> I think what we don't realize is that when we do, I want, I want, we are limiting our outcomes and possibilities when we do that because it is in the surrender and just opening to what is the highest and best, regardless of what we project or think it might be. Sometimes. It's completely different than what we think or expect will happen. And it's so much better. And sometimes if we don't open our eyes to accept that what we're given is perfect, 
We have the most amazing things right in front of us and it could be right there in our hands. And we don't even look at it because we're looking for this thing that's really a tangent and not core to moving us forward. Such a powerful yeah. concept. Yes, absolutely. And again, over and over in my life, things that I would not have ever imagined, good things have come in because of that. And that also plays into part what you just articulated, which is sometimes it's in front of us, which goes back to gratitude. And then when you appreciate what those things are now that the universe brought it into your life and you, you pause, become present with it and you appreciate it. What you're really doing is again, science meets spirituality. You're putting your energy and giving your attention to it. And now where your attention goes, energy flows and you bring more of that good stuff into your life. Yes, you do. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I've experienced the same thing so many times. And I think gratitude is just magic. It takes us out of the misplaced focus and puts our focus on what we really have so that we live in the joy of the present moment. And that's so powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. It could be material stuff to more metaphysical stuff, what have you, but it's there. All these things, these elements of the energy. Absolutely. So you have this amazing process that you have developed. This is your unique, and I would say even your proprietary specialty, the three secrets of science and spirituality. Would you be willing to share those secrets with us? Absolutely. So the big picture is that my background being in science, being the more cerebral person that I am, and then once I started to put the lens into spirituality, mindfulness, and mindset, and helping others in that path, I have crafted my own space in this world, calling my deliverables the science of spirituality. And I produce a series of content and that you can hear some of it in my podcasts because I have themes in the podcast on spirituality, mindfulness, mindset, and energy awareness. The three secrets basically are revealed through all of my courses and my, my one-on-one -on -one trainings. Secret number one is how to create more space in your life, expansive space internally and physically so that in your life, you no longer remain feeling stuck and then you can relax because one of the hardest things for people to do is to be able to genuinely relax. The uh, secret number two is how to feel more comfortable with silence. And I'm sure you've met many people along the path of being in this space where silence is a challenge. So how do you feel silence or comfortable with silence without feeling unfulfilled? And so that you may revitalize yourself, body, mind, spirit. And the third secret is how to experience stillness without feeling overwhelmed so that you can reset and recalibrate yourself and body, mind, spirit. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how they actually work? Yeah. So what I do is I break down these concepts and it's revealed through, like I mentioned, the coursework that I do and the one-on-one -on -one coaching. But the methodology starts with first 
an assessment, like we were talking about the life wheel and understanding where are you in that space and understanding energy. So my first module that I teach is called rituals and manifestation. And I try to demystify the concept of rituals and help people recognize that creating a sacred space in your life is more than just a physical space. It allows you to honor yourself and become unstuck. And so these rituals, it could be something as simple as grabbing a cup of warm water, squeezing a lemon into it, and going outside and walking barefoot in the grass. That's the space that's allowing you to get grounded, and it's allowing you to feel like you are able to get unstuck and relax. And I do this almost every morning. And I also do meditation. So another path to secret number one is one of the many rituals you can practice is as soon as you get out of bed, perhaps maybe you can go to the restroom and stuff, but as soon as you wake up, <laughs> you, you sit, but you're allowing yourself to create that sacred space. And for me, the practice is a little more rigorous because once I've done this short meditation in bed, and once I have my day going, I come into my meditation room and I do another short practice. But this allows you to fully embrace secret number one, which is really how to create space and get relaxed. That's so beautiful. And I love that you have different things that you do to really reset your body, mind and spirit, because sometimes you need a different thing. Sometimes you need to do more of one thing that's really opening things up for you. So I love that you have a choice and, and you can make it something that really serves what you need. That's beautiful. So I'd love to hear more about number two. Yes. So one of the other things that as modern humans we are challenged with is the notion that stepping into silence is uncomfortable. And I, through my variety of modules and coursework, I reveal how to get more comfortable with silence. And again, some of that is revealed through the rituals that I offer and educate people on. And also making that connection that when you are consistently practicing these rituals, what you're in essence doing is cultivating new neural pathways so that that's back to the science part. And you're training your brain to become more comfortable with silence. And what you're really doing is that often we are a society of people that do not feel fulfilled. And silence seems to work against fulfillment. But to be honest, the silence can completely be fulfilling. And it can revitalize you on so many levels. So again, that first step that I go through is having people assess where they are in the, their wheel of life and their energy. And I actually connect most of my techniques back to energy because we are all in essence energy. And as you are aware, maybe you can even educate those who are listening, that heart math reveals that our energetic force of our heart can be felt for miles. Yeah. 
The electromagnetic field of the heart is literally 5,000 times larger than the electromagnetic field of the brain. It's measurable. There's a clue. Where should we be listening the most and allowing it to guide the way because the heart has wisdom and the mind has knowledge. The mind has logic to implement the guidance of the heart, but the heart takes you in the most important direction. It takes you to the, what really matters most. And that is an irreplaceable amount of guidance and going into the stillness where you're so present with your breath that you feel your breath going in and out. And you notice if you're thinking about something, there may be a little pause or constriction either on the in-breath or the out-breath. And sometimes when I'm breathing, I focus on my ribs expanding and releasing to just feel how smooth it is. And that shows you so much about what's going on inside of you that you may not realize until you pay attention at that level. And I think it's about stepping out of the busyness of the outer world and going into the depth of feeling and subtleness in the inner world. And I have to say, I cannot function at the level I choose to function without that time in silence. That's one of the most necessary things that I do for myself because that's like my communion with the divine. That is my communion with the divine. It happens all the time, but it's like I can go deeper to it if I can be in that silent place and just breathe. And that simplicity of breath work is something that I had not appreciated in my younger years. And again, going back to having experienced trauma and having experienced other challenges in life, when you do experience the beauty of breath work and what peace it brings into you, it is fulfilling and it is revitalizing. Absolutely. And if you just think about the oxygen, back to the science, your body is better. It functions better when you're oxygenated. Oxygen is so healing and enlivening, and yet we don't value it at the level of what it gives to us. I have a book that's like this thick about healing with oxygen. Amazing. We have no idea what it does until we really dive into it, but it is amazing. It's healing. It supports your basic life force functionality, and it wakes up your mind. So... It's crazy not to be aware of it. Absolutely. And, you know, another practice that I personally do that I often try to teach nuggets of to those who I work with is the practice of not only just the breath work while you're seated. And there's so many techniques, as you are aware, but also just getting the movement. And I did a whole podcast series on that last year for those who are interested, but I interviewed people that are in this field called somatic awareness and dove deeply into the power of movement. And beginning of 2022, I incorporated a new practice for myself personally, which I did this morning and just made me feel so happy, which Qigong and just doing some grounding in the morning and outside and coming in the home and doing the Qigong. It really is like being wired up to a new battery. It is. Without a doubt. And that's a beautiful practice, the grounding and the Qigong. 
awesome. I think that if people knew what was really available to these practices that they may write off because, oh, I breathe all the time. What's the big deal? It's a big deal. I'm breathing oxygen all the time. But when you can take it to the next level, it becomes life-giving and supports you to go on a deeper and deeper journey. And it may not go deep for a while. You've got to develop your own practice, be patient, and just allow what needs to unfold to unfold for you. But if you do and you are consistent with it, the results are more than worth it. I mean, it's amazing. Absolutely. And the third secret is how to experience stillness without feeling overwhelmed so that you can reset. And what's interesting about this is that the first two secrets really are the foundation. But you arrive at a place where now that you've done the breath work, you recognize you need a space. And then when you arrive to the techniques of going into stillness and creating new neural pathways to becoming comfortable with that, you are now becoming your I guess your best friend, because when that overwhelm occurs, that overwhelm is triggered way before you recognize it. If you're not doing the breath work, if you're not being able to sit in the silence, because you're not listening to it. But when you catch it early on, you are catching the overwhelm. And what's what you're doing for yourself, and as you know this, but I think a lot of the larger population isn't aware, is that you're catching it before it gets embodied or stuck inside of the physical body. And that's where the disease or dis-ease occurs. But if you can catch it early on, then hit the reset button. So important. You're right. People don't realize that our energy and emotions and our even our beliefs and our, our thoughts that just keep running through our head can literally, especially if they're not positive, loving, uplifting thoughts, can get stuck in our body if we're not breathing through it. If we can feel it and breathe through it, we can release it. And then it doesn't get stuck inside. It's not a trivial thing. And the other thing that you mentioned is the neurological pathways. Developing those takes time. But the more you do it, the easier it gets to go into that inner access where it just easily starts to flow. So it's like if you think of your self-making a pathway through a field of weeds and plants. The first time you walk through it, it's not easy. And there, you may have to cut some things away or knock things down or step on things. And if you choose to go through that path every day, soon you'll start to wear the path so that there's not so much foliage or weeds in the way. And eventually the path will come become wide and comfortable and easy to walk through. That's what you're doing neurologically. And if you just stay with that and allow it to do what it will do, it's very, very magical. Let's go back to this neuroplasticity that we're developing by doing this spiritual work of stillness and silence and meditation. What is your experience? What is your wisdom on that? Because I would really love for people to understand how powerful this is. Yes, absolutely. Well, being of someone who appreciates data and science, when I at times find myself even doubting myself, which 
happens on the spiritual path, you often um, wonder, well, I'm sitting here, I'm doing my mantra or my breath work, what's really going on here? And what I do, I'll just share this little secret, another secret, is every morning, almost every morning, I set an intention. Because intention, again, is energy. And I set the intention what I will be doing. And it could be something as simple as I will be present with my breath. I will be present with my thoughts. Because what happens is you become more aware of them. And by virtue of now reminding yourself of this, when you are sitting in silence, practicing whatever meditation technique you are, you are, I am becoming more aware that, let's say, even if it's a rough day, but I'm creating the new habit, neural pathway. If I remain consistent, I'm allowing my mind to support me in something that will help me physiologically and spiritually. That's true. There's actually a super conscious part of your mind that is beyond your brain, beyond your body. And when you set intentions like that, you are engaging that super conscious awareness that works with your lower mind awareness to really bring you into that present moment awareness that can be it's like a self-monitor to set that intention. It's, I love the way you do that, the way you set those intentions to bring you into the present and do it with awareness. Very, very powerful. It's a daily practice. I am not an expert. I'm a practitioner of these things that help me in my own evolution. That is a very powerful thing. And I think that when it works, and I know this, we'll go back to the engineer in both of us. When you have something that works and you know it works and you trust that it works, it's really then at the stage where you can share this with others. So I love that you're sharing these three secrets. And I would love to know some of the results that you see when people start to go from a place of beginner or to a place of not meditating often to a place of really practicing and doing these three steps on a consistent basis. What kind of change do you see? I recognize a shift almost daily. It's almost like you see yourself from the outside in and what you might have reacted to, how you may have reacted to or behaved a year ago, a year later, and then I'm hoping another year from now, I will be even more of a, for lack of a better word, more mature soul when it comes to my attitudes and behaviors. Yeah, it really clears out the stuff that is like your inner clutter, which we all have. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not picking on you at all. We all have our inner stuff that keeps us from seeing the depth of truth. And the more we clear that out, through these practices, the deeper we can go, the more we experience the true joy of who we are as a soul, as a being in this life that is heart aware, that is spiritually aware, and it changes everything. You know, and the practice is multifold. You can practice this, whatever techniques they are, and recognize that your day-to-day behaviors, attitudes, distortion of information will be calmed down 
and it'll help you function better as a human. And now if you think of a big picture, like I approach things, it's the evolution of my soul. I know I'm not just this physical body. I know there's more to me than this, what I am in my role in this time and space. So it helps you with the bigger picture, the evolution of your soul. I agree 100%. And for some of us, that is super important and a major life goal. So I have to say that if you are driven to understand and explore and live your soul purpose, practice is necessary. It builds the foundation for what you are here to expand into with your gifts and your purpose and the things that really bring you a more meaningful, joyful life. And that's so powerful. I'm so glad you're doing this work. It's so powerful. And thank you. And you know, that's part of the drive, the why one of the whys was leaving corporate transitioning and pivoting was because I wanted to be more present with my son. I'm an older mother and I wanted to appreciate that time, particularly having seen, having lost my mother in a sudden way but also the bigger picture beyond who I am and my role as a mother and wife is my evolution. <laughs> and you cannot often experience these things when you are working in a corporate space. I'm not saying you can't. In fact, that is why I want to help women that are in different spaces in their lives. But often the creativity element can be missing when you work for people in a more defined space. Yes. And you know, women go through so many stages of life. If they choose to have a family and children, there's that time where your life changes dramatically. When you have a child, you have to adapt and learn and readjust. And then as they grow, they're constantly changing a baby and a two-year-old need completely different things. And then, you know, they grow into all these different stages of elementary school and middle school, and then they become these amazing teenagers. And then they, they grow up and don't need so much from you anymore. And then you miss them. So it's, I think women, because they're usually the caregivers, and I'm not saying they always have to be, I'm not trying to stereotype, but often they are. And, you know, whether they're choosing to stay at home or work on their job part-time or work full-time, I think it's a choice and each person has to choose what works for them. But I would never say that a stay-at-home woman does not work when she's taking care of children. Oh my goodness. That's a crazy concept. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's so important that we adapt. Yeah. Adapting is so helpful. And I, again, this is, these are the skills that I wish were taught to me and we're part of society, the integration of becoming a wife, the integration of becoming a mother, the ability to really pause and enjoy those moments. I remember my mom sending me pictures of my little baby at the time, and I would my heart would ache. I'm like, oh, he's about to take his first steps, and I'm missing it. Oh, yeah. I have friends who had major careers, and because they were missing those precious moments, they quit. and. Yeah, I totally respect that. I wouldn't trade my time that I had with my son for anything. Those moments never come again. So 
It's no, yeah. no. And I, I actually appreciate the fact that the last few years, while it put my career a little bit on the hold, I found so much more joy and fulfillment being so involved with my son. And my business is named after him, Omni, Omni Mindfulness. I <laughs> Nice. So the experience that you're having with your son and spending that time with him, do you feel like that's made you grow and evolve as a person? Yes. And I'm continually growing and evolving, but I feel like he has allowed me to grow in an interesting way, which is that I appreciate the fact that I'm blessed enough to be loved. Does that make any sense? That's really, really beautiful. It does make sense. Yes. I love this so, so much. So is there anything that you would like to say before we wrap it up for this podcast episode? Sure. If anyone is interested in learning more, they could go to my website, omnimindfulness.com. As I mentioned, teach an ongoing series, of course, called Science of Spirituality, where I dive into all facets of those three secrets. And I curate the content so that at any one month, any content that you hear on my podcast is also something I'm publishing in my newsletter and in my blogs. So it's there to support you. And it's all free. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that is truly a gift of love for the world. If you haven't heard of Shilpa Lewis before and you haven't heard her podcast, please go check her out. She has jewels of wisdom that are really powerful and it will help your life in ways that you can only experience to truly appreciate. So I'm so grateful that you came to share your wisdom with my viewers and listeners. And I can't wait for our next adventure. Thank you so much, Shilpa. I'm so grateful that you could join us today. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm grateful for what you do in the world. I'm so grateful for you as well. And I look forward to having you back in my podcast in the near future. Sounds wonderful. I can't wait. Have a great day. This is Sally Page here to give you my personal thanks for listening to the Ignite Your Sacred Light podcast. I am so grateful that you chose to spend your time with me. Would you like to find out more about igniting your sacred light or how to connect with the sacred light community? Go to igniteyoursacredlight.com to find out more about my free light language activation that will raise your vibration and ignite a powerful shift in consciousness. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and share it with your friends. Until next time, may the brilliance of your sacred light ignite in magical ways.